This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios. And this week, we're talking with Printer's L Manufacturing Company. I am Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host and mall Santa, Brian That's Hewitt. right, mall Santa. They get paid really well. Do I they? really need I to look into that. that. Okay. Yeah, like it's Do not it, six figures, but it's up there. They're doing for all like right. a couple of months worth of work. Do you, you know do? I stopped at a Chinese restaurant one time, like in November, and the whole side room was mall Santas. So there was like 50 <laughs> of them in there. I guess they had a convention. I was like, this is... This is kind of insane. That's amazing. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how many flasks of whiskey were, oh, were in yeah. there. So, hey, Tim, joining us today, we have Greg Smith, founder and owner of Printer's Ale Manufacturing Company. We have Josh Watterson, the specialty brewer for Printer's Ale. And we're going to talk about barrel-aged and spontaneously fermented beers. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get into uh, a beer or two that uh, went a little viral a while back. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Guys, thanks well, for joining us. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Got to be careful with going viral these days. That's those, right. Those it's, true. it's tricky stuff. It tricky means stuff. different it's, things now since yeah. 2020 going viral. You exactly. Know? Well, guys, we'll dig into this a little bit more uh, as we get into it, but your woodcut wild, that's one thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. Right now, we are sipping the pesh. Is that right, Josh? That is correct. T- can you tell us a little bit about this one as we, we get into things here? Yeah, the pesh is, uh, drinks right now. It's drinking uh Really well. It's my favorite. Um, I think just peach, how it opens up in a lot of these uh, more spontaneous wild ales. Uh, it's much softer. The esters are really nice. Um, and it pairs really well for those who are uh, kind of the wine drinkers that want that slight yeah, tart, okay. tart appearance and, and, and presentation. Um, I think it's uh, it's really nice. And it has it's it's the one it's that one that has that little bit of funky almost. Uh, cheese-like characteristics that you might not get with more of the the, the berries or the cherry. Where do you e- expect this is going to go with time? Like if you, if you age it for another year or two, what what kind of development do you think there would be with it? Well, it's going to get drier. Um, we do what's we do a partial bottle conditioning um, until we are very confident with our full bottle conditioning. Um, I did a partial bottle conditioning when I worked at Bridgeport Brewing uh, in Portland, Oregon, years and years ago. Um, and it was very much a carbon up to about, you know, one volume and then with a little bit of yeast and sugar to ensure that you had some carbonation, but then it would build over time. Um, so that's what we've done with these ones. And, and what that allows it to do is to continue to carbonate and maturate uh, inside that bottle. So you will get a nice, really big and bright presentation for years to come. I had forgotten you worked for Bridgeport. I, yeah. I'm from Portland, Oregon. That was one of the first places I ever really got into beer seriously was bridgeport yes on R. hawthorne R. in R. fact yes r.i.p yes. R. for sure yeah. i wonder are they old enough to be an og are they second gen there they were like what, 86 OG? i would think that's yeah. OG. Yeah, that's what were, i thought uh, yeah they opened uh carl awkward opened that 84 84 86 one that's yeah, yeah like and, in that uh, class there yeah yeah their their ipa was the flagship i remember when i was there you know this was 2008 through 11 uh we did all the lab we did 
a lot of the lab work for Sierra Nevada uh, and a lot of these other breweries on the West Coast because we had the best lab, you know. So nice. Um, but yeah, it, it's owned by Gambrinus, which is a which is a large company that really owns Shinerbach as their big boy, uh, Trumer Pills out of Berkeley is their other one, and then they had Bridgeport. Um, and unfortunately, sales did not do what the uh, upper management wanted, and they and the building yeah. was in the Pearl District, which when they opened in the eighties was not a great part of town. Um, it was great. The old pizza joint, oh, all rundown pizza place. Great pizza. You know, Greg, you and I beer. can head out. I think yeah, these guys, think these got guys it. got yeah, it. I think they got so. it. Talk Portland for another hour. Yeah. I'll never forgive them for closing that Me down. Uh, yeah, and nice. I miss the ESB. I know the IPA was that a big was deal. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's coming back around, though. Yeah. ESBs are cool again. Well, is Bridgeport coming back around, too? No. 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 Okay. Just the ESB. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You know, we're just back from our holiday break. You guys have a good Thanksgiving? That was great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, wonderful. Just uh, just family time. Yeah, family time. Good stuff. Now, have you thought about, I don't know, has anyone done a cranberry like wild? Cranberry wild ale? Lambic or or, or anything? Because you guys could just take like canned jelly cranberry sauce and put it right in there. You'd be good, right? You sh- you sure could. <laughs> you could. <laughs> you could. You could. <laughs> One of the first you beers could. I ever brewed was a fruitcake beer. Um, yeah. I mean, a long time ago in the 90s. And it was just basically a fruitcake in a beer. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, How'd that work out? Worked out really good, actually. It? Okay. Yeah, it was it was a crazy beer, and and it would fit in with today's culture pretty well, I think. But uh, you know, that was one of the first beers I did. Fruitcake. Beer. What was the, the beer first that beer used? that we brewed was an ESB. That's that right. was the and very first beer I did. Was okay. an ESB. And then I went yeah. nuts and just went to yeah. Went we took the deep end. We took our beer to a homebrew club meeting. Like we're start, we're excited, you know. We're for hey, we're brewing. We made beer, yep. you know that it. The reviews we got were, well, it tastes like beer. So I'm like, all right, well, that's a start. We'll go from there. Exactly. We'll go from there. So well, that's when I learned how much a little bit of time improve, can improve a beer, especially when it's a homebrew. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, on the cranberry talk, I'm going to yes. circle back there for a minute. You guys actually did, what was it called, Brian? Not not in a canned cran. Is that is that right? It's a Was a sour ale? Is that yours? Uh, I don't think that's ours. I thought so. Are you mixing up news, Brian? I thought that's on your website. Isn't it? I guess. Okay, it maybe does, not. You well, didn't do a cranberry sour. Since he owns it, no, I'm yeah. going to say you know, no. I, I own it, so I may not I'm going to say okay. no. Yeah. I guess not. Never See, mind. See, we had a whole setup there. All right, guys. I thought there was strong opinions about cranberry sauce and how it could be presented, prepared, and whatever, but uh, perhaps not. No. Perhaps do you wrong. have opinions? Uh, are you, for your Thanksgiving dinner, is it jelly or whole berry? Uh, I, I don't do cranberries in don't do, I, I don't. I do the jelly. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so Classic, I think it's right. jelly all around, like the one that's shaped like the can when yes. it comes yeah. out, makes Absolutely. the weird noise. <laughs> like I know that it's trash, but I'm totally okay with that. You know, the, give the, me a disc. Yeah, <laughs> slice me off a disc of that disc. cranberry sauce. I just that's do right. stuffing. I can't stop eating stuffing. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with did. that. I just yeah. can't stop. We did for the locals. You'll know this, but uh, Fox Brothers. We did the takeout from Fox Brothers this year. Fox Brothers is a very popular barbecue place here in the Atlanta area and uh their cornbread dressing was just mm. stellar mm. it was a we'll do oh, that yeah. again that worked out well it was it was quite nice you know what the interesting thing I, I learned about having something prepared like that is there's a tremendous amount of work in just reheating what somebody's yeah. already made and that in itself is almost it seemed like it's almost as much work it was a good amount of work as, for as doing it and the logistics of moving material around to get it to, yeah get it yeah. to uh the thanks they do offer location. full yeah. catering maybe we'll look into yeah. that next year just have them come set it up and a little, little extra and rock money. and roll yeah. there yeah so that was supposed to save us some time but hey let's get into the beers of the week 
beers of the week, Brian. As always, we've got a fantastic list of beers to get into. And we do want to thank our friends at The Nest for sponsoring this segment. Brian, they just announced their next Chefs versus Brewers beer dinner. They team up with Reformation Brewery of Pairings. Nate, they pair a meal made by the chef with a beer made by the brewer. And uh, you get a vote on which is better there. So it's a, it's a fun time. January. I have to double check the date, but that's coming around in January. So uh, come to Atlanta. If you're not here already, come to Atlanta. Join them up there. So thanks for sponsoring this. The Nest. Uh, we've got a few more from the Woodcut Wild Series. Here we are drinking the Pesh right now. There's also a Creek and a Frambois, which is beer nerd talk for cherry and raspberries. Or Belgian talk. That's the same, okay, I think. Yeah. That's fine. So peach, cherry, raspberry, pretty classic trio for those types of beers. Yeah, so we're going to get into those. And uh, if we need some more to drink, Brian, we do have a Dre Fontenin. Armand and Gaston, uh, season 17, 18, bottled in 2018. And we also have from three taverns, they just celebrate their ninth anniversary, and we have a bourbon barrel-aged barley wine from them. That sounds like we might nightcap with that, yeah, right? It that yeah. sounds like a good place to it's go. It's a good one. So, Brian, you got some news for us this week? I do. So if, you're, if you have nostalgia for the annual Christmas beers from the brewery, and I do, good news, the brewery is selling box sets of their popular 12 Days of Christmas beers there are two collections to be re- released, the 12 Days Collection, which contains all of them from Partridge in a Pear Tree all the way up to 12 Drummers Drumming. These, bo- these were bottled in 2019. That will retail for $135. There's a barrel-aged version of the 12 Days, and that, uh, all of those were bar- bottled in 2020. That will retail for $220. Both collections will be very limited and will only be available once every 12 years. So if you don't get it this time around, you look for it again in 2034. 2034 that's right that's a long time to <laughs> wait yes well maybe it's worth the wait you're listening to the beer guys radio show we do need to take us a break but we will be back with printer Zell right after this have you been to the nest kennesaw yet hi i'm adam owner of the nest in historic downtown kennesaw and i want to personally invite you to visit us with the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, we know there's something for you at the Nest Kennesaw. Find us at thenestkennesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest Kennesaw, can't wait to have you at our table. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you missed the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on the podcast park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps let's get back to printers ale manufacturing company printers ale manufacturing we have opened another beer here and it is a uh, frambois. That's right. And you're looking frambois. at the wrong bottle. I am looking at the <laughs> but it's, I noticed the animals on your labels, they don't look well. Yeah. yeah they no, could they use don't. a sandwich or something. So yeah. we've got uh, skeletal yeah. representations of uh, what type of bird is that on the pesh? Uh, Nondescript? Uh, yeah, yeah, pelican? A bird bird. Yeah, okay. Bird, bird. So we have a pelican a bird, skeleton. Bird. I think it's a bird bird. And is that a primate? Is that a monkey? It's a monkey. On there. Yeah. So I like, all right. The, I, like cool. the, I like the, I like the, I like the labels. Snake on Creek. I like the whole 
I guess that's a, kind of a block print type of concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I very much like that style yeah. of of printing. And yep. uh, yeah, yeah, I now, Greg, we should mention to tie in here uh, your your business, your primary or yeah. I don't know, primary yeah, yeah. would be the right word. Is a, you're a large printer, I'm correct? A large printer, yes. And your your printing company is right there next to your brewery, right? Yeah. yeah you yeah. guys printed our posters for us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So we did a uh, we, we did, did a charity that. raffle yeah. with Cat Atlanta, where he designed a poster for us of uh, kind of the overview of the Atlanta craft beer scene. He hit a couple of little Easter eggs in there for people, and uh, we raised money for the Giving Kitchen. And so yeah. you guys helped us out with getting some prints done. Sure. We we sold those off. We auctioned the original. And, uh, you know, raise money for yeah, a good cause awesome. there. So, awesome. yeah, good yeah, stuff. I remember but, that. So the art, the packaging, all that, I'm sure, is very important to you. Yes, for beers. sure. It's all we try to have a printing aspect on everything we do. You know, our uh, the core beers, Everyday Cyan, Magenta, Yellow, Black. Um, everything's kind of revolves around the printing side of things. So our barley wine, we've got a barrel-aged barley wine that's coming out now. It's called Blanket Smasher. And things happen on printing presses. You smash a blanket, and it's a damages the press and they have to okay. fix it and all right i think if you have barley wine you could definitely do damage to a press you could smash a blanket, yeah, you right? smash a blanket so, yeah so. you know i will say this uh i forget the name of it but a few years ago i think it was your first barrel age released a barrel age stout yep artifact and artifact yep. that's right yep. we went over and visited and i had to take the bottle that i was gifted and wrap it in a t-shirt to smuggle it out because i was told Others may riot if they saw that I got a bottle. <laughs> got a bottle. So it, it yeah. sold out quickly. It was yeah. delicious beer. Yeah. We had to smuggle it out of there, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. Artifacts coming back as well. It's uh, All those big barrel-aged beers are, are coming right now. Good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. I love them all. Yeah. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about how you approach. Like the, Are these spontaneous, wild, blended? You've Tell us your process here. Sure. Yeah, I'm a very traditional guy in, in the representation. Uh, you see on the bottle, it said, it says on the bottom, uh, metho traditional. Um, and that's really a term that uh, has kind of popped up the last uh, handful of years because um, trying to push away from lambic, um, saying lambic too much um, in reference to the product. Um, because lambic is kind of similar like champagne. You're not really supposed to call it lambic outside the region. Um, I think of lambic production a little bit more as a process. Um, but, you know, it's more of a soapbox speech. I, I think that... Uh, I think some of those Belgian brewers would agree with you, though, that it's a process. It, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, I mean, um, really when uh, me and Greg started talking about, we both love mixed culture. We both love the Belgian beer styles. Um, these things that take an absurd amount of time. Oh, yeah. um, we are a little bit of a glutton for punishment. Yep. Um, and so we say, let's do it. And we, had the, we have this huge back room that... Um, um, allows us to have, we have about 40 barrels uh, in rotation right now. Um, for the process, uh, we do take a, I take a lot of inspiration from uh, Lambic production. So we're doing a turbid mash, um, which is this very milky mash that's a, it's similar to decoction um, in that we're, we're trying to create a very low nutrition, high starch um, product that allows for an, an elongated fermentation. Um, you need that elongated fermentation because the, the beer we're drinking right now is over two years old. The next vintage that will be coming out will be about a year and a half old, um, and that will start getting packaged here in about two months. Um, and so you need that that, that long fermentation time. Um, besides the turbid mash, I mean, we're using 30 to 40% of unmalted wheat. Again, this is all traditional lambic-inspired uh, uh, processing. 
Um, and it's uh, outside of that turbine mash, we then run it into a cool ship. Um, we have our own cool ship that we um, uh, have in this back room. We the have these, got these louvers. We have these louvers that open okay. up. Yep. Uh, okay. We put a mesh top over it to help um, with the coordination of it. Uh, what we do right now is we use a, a blend from Yeast Labs um, at a Hood River, Oregon, that has uh, three strains of Brett, one strain of PDO, one strain of Lacto, one strain of Saccharomyces right now, um, as, as well as that cool ship. So it's a little bit of a spontaneous, a little bit not. Um, and we're working with Kennesaw State um, Bioinnovation Lab right now on figuring out what our microflora is in the area because we have some spontaneous uh, products in barrel right now we have one it's a flanders red that was completely spontaneous um, but right now it's really about figuring out how we can use the microflora and our environment uh, to create these products as as traditionally as possible so we're we're, we're cheating a little bit on this in that we're using a yeast blend uh, of labs that um, um, mimics the Seine valley in, in brussels um, and then it going it goes into barrel on this fruit um, we like it, it depends on what fruit um, is looking good that year, right? So, a couple years ago, we could get just about anything. Last year, the raspberry crop was all burnt up, and you couldn't get it. So, this next vintage that will be coming out has some plum, um, um, and pretty some, nice, and some blackberry, uh, which is also very nice. So, yeah. a little bit of different fruit presentation. Um, but then again, we use age house aged hops. We have our own hop field um, on site. We harvest those hops. We house dry them. Um, and then uh, age tops again it's a microbial thing so we don't want the flavor we don't want the bitterness but we need that microbial support in that long aging process so we're using house age hops we call them estate hops because it sounds really <laughs> sexy that does sound nice it sounds yeah, fancy. Fancy. yeah. yeah. so we try and stay um really again i kind of just kick back to that lambic inspired kind of a phase but we have our own cool ship we're using turbine mash we're using malts um from georgia that are unmalted grains um to help create this really kind of all terroir focus focused product here in georgia yeah, now we're as old get, school as possible like yeah just keep it authentic as we can absolutely and, and the these are very nice very nice you know yeah, and yes. the, the raspberry in this presents very well you know sometimes you get it where the the sourness, the it kind of braces and, and wipes it out yep, there. Yep. But there's a nice balance here between the raspberry, uh, you know, and the a good the soft, softness. To it. softness. There's definitely yeah. some sourness. There's a nice fruit presence, but you yeah, know, a little bit of funk. It's it's pretty well balanced. Well, see, that balance is. I'm glad you guys are saying that. That's that's what I really love about what Josh is doing and what we're doing out there is balance. Because some of those spontaneously fermented stuff, the wild beers I get, they like melt my teeth in them. Oh yes, They're so powerful. And there's no balance. There's some that I cascade. I love them, but those guys they'll aggressive. they'll knock your spit. You know, they'll knock your head around. Yeah. And yeah. as it gets older, it gets even more you know, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah just, like yeah. it's it's very intense. You yep. mentioned that you have a Flanders that was completely spontaneous. Have you have you sampled that to see which direction it's going? Is it exhibiting yeah. interesting or unusual character just based on the local yeah, bugs? We, we continually taste that one, um, and we like it. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. Um, but interesting. what's interesting is is the length of time that that one is taking, um, and it's taking longer. And part of that is because of your inoculation rates. So uh, and, and maybe the imbalance of of the lacto to the PDO to the sac strains. Um, all of those different microbes are going to work at different rates, and that's kind of why we're working with Kennesaw State's Innovation Lab right now. Is is what do we got during what types of season, and can we make the best products during 
uh, December during January. Um, and we're going to start doing, you know, projects like that. Because okay. on that note, we can talk about this a little more as we get in the next segment, but we're getting to the time of year that's better yeah, for absolutely. capturing those type of, yep. of bacteria and yeast, correct? Yep. Yes. For the sure. cooler months that the ones you want are yep. more prevalent in the atmosphere, correct? Yes, absolutely. I mean, this and this is where lambic production really kicks back more to almost like wine production. It's you can only produce during a certain amount of year. The rest of the time is bottling and blending. Yeah. Um, and Brew it while you can. Yep. Production yeah, happens for us three months of the year, and that's it. Gotcha. Good stuff. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be right back with more from Printer's Ale. It's Brian and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it truck and tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. The heat is on, and if you're looking for a beer to cool you down without slowing you down, Athletic Brewing has you covered with Athletic Light. It's certified organic with only 25 calories and 5 grams of carbs. And since it's non-alcoholic, you stay sharp and avoid the hangover. And you can feel good about the beer you drink and the company that brews it. Athletic Brewing is a certified B Corporation committed to social and environmental excellence. Use code BGR25 at athleticbrewing.com for 25% off your order. Athletic Light, the perfect summer crusher. guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kbdb hd3 96.7 fm in forks washington catch beer guys radio on kbdb every saturday at 2 p.m now let's get back to printers ale manufacturing company guys i'm gonna jump topics on this because this is hot topic we want to be hot and now and important with what's going on are you guys soccer fans uh yeah 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 all right you're following all the world puppy stuff all right how about you josh ish ish yeah yeah Yeah, i think so i've got uh a lot of people i work with uh at the day job as i say are big fans so we'll be in meetings and they you'll hear ooh or something you know over the meeting they've got it on you know they got it on on the side there watching it my favorite is the no context tweeting of the thing and i'm like what 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 are they talking about what are they thinking oh i guess they're yeah i was like yeah like what are you talking about you know this is going out over to people who aren't watching this right now brian and i have a buddy we won't call him out but brian knows who i'm talking about he does that with college football yeah yeah where it's just (laughs) these guys are blind you know or something it's like (laughs) okay all right i love love the, the uh the world cup I love a tournament. So, okay. um, like uh, yeah. March Madness. I don't watch yeah. college basketball up until March Madness, and then I yeah. start paying attention. You know, I, I live my life, do other things, and then March Madness, I just start really paying attention. And World Cup, I, it's fun. It gets people into it. Tournament, there's elimination. I like to start paying attention right when they're good. It's good opportunity for trash talking. Like World <laughs> Series, Okay, I get involved when I know Atlanta's going to go, just so I right. can trash talk right. with my buddies right. in the other areas yeah. there. And that's I. Th- so once Atlanta was eliminated this year, one of my buddies is like, hey, man, did you see? I'm like, nah. I was like, I just totally quit paying attention once Atlanta's yeah. out. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I no longer care. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. But the, uh, big news, beer related with the World Cup. You know, uh, Brian, I think one of your news stories you saw today, AB InBev, 
for those, I think everybody probably knows, but like just days before the event, Qatar is like, no, you can't sell beer. Yeah, and they, they're like the primary sponsor. Yeah, they were the they were the the exclusive beer sponsor for this year and, and potentially for FIFA in, in uh, was it twenty twenty six? I don't have my notes in front of me, but yeah, they uh, they were going to use. They spent forty billion something forty yeah forty million not billion excuse me yeah. something to that effect on they were going to spotlight Budweiser for everybody across the world. They had a warehouse full of Budweiser. That's that was going to be the exclusive beer for sale there. And then two days before, Qatar's like, ah, no, you can't. No, can't no, no the crazy thing is Qatar doesn't ban alcohol. They just control where it can be. So there's nothing really. It's just purely at their like discretion. Like the ban camps or whatever. Yeah. The, the, you could still get beer. They were selling you it said like the zero. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Like different places yeah. you get it. And I think you said the VIP the Bud Zero is yes. still available. In the so they're the selling They're selling their Bud non-alcoholic. That's the only thing they could sell there. Uh, and Honestly, I've had their non-alcoholic, and if you like Bud, you it's like actually Bush. a pretty yeah. good. It's a pretty good <laughs> yeah. non-alcoholic beer. Uh, but uh, so they've got a warehouse full of beers uh, that they can't sell. And what's going to happen is wh- whoever, whatever country wins the uh, the thing, all that beer is going to them, and they're going to have some sort of epic ultimate winners party for the country. And they're working on the details now because honestly, they didn't they didn't plan on yeah. doing this. So There's got to work be a out the logistics. Lawsuit. Yeah, oh, sure. well, they're they're already talking. They're negotiating hard with FIFA for the next time around. Say, hey, we want a we want a deduction next year because of what you've done to us this year of some number of millions of dollars, like 40, 50 million. So. So is they yeah, putting us on FIFA or. or yeah, yeah. Well, the, or both. Well, the whole shebang. Here's the thing that it the whole Qatar FIFA thing that's out of their control. Yeah. What they know is they they paid X amount to have their beer put there. And the organization it did not allow them to do it. They're now, dealing with FIFA, not exactly. Qatar they, is basically what Budweiser. Okay. Like that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's between. How FIFA. much you want to bet? There was like one guy behind the scenes that was dealing with Qatar, and Qatar was going, "We're not going to serve. You can't serve the beer." And he was going, "Well, you know, we'll I, I just don't see anything." And Qatar yeah. was going, "You're not going to serve the beer." And yeah, no, no. And Budweiser was going, "Are we going to serve beer?" Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'll take yeah. it. We'll, we'll this make it over. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Don't worry about it. And, and then that happened. I've heard a lot oh, of people we saying found out at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, I've heard exactly. a lot of people saying they think it was a bait and switch. A lot of people, are, uh, like a few people, I've heard said Qatar never planned on it. They right. uh, they talked good game like they were going to allow it, and and they always planned on last minute yep. when nobody could pull yep. out. Yep. Just say, oh no, we can't do that. Pseudo related, Brian, you were in Malaysia one year and yeah. went to a beer festival. Correct. And like two years later, I know I was like the next year. I I, I don't think Muslim extremists is the right word, but it was ba- it was the the on the, the government there, right? It or? was on the. They had pressure on the the more fundamentalist side of of the Muslim uh, th- that party that's very strongly religious. Put a lot of pressure on the the government, and the government said that that beer festival you did last year, you can't do it again. It was pretty cool because I was at it. I just happened to be there for, on vacation, saw that was happening. So I was drinking beer from Australia, from Vietnam, all these great places. And then the very next year, they they pulled the plug on it, saying, "Now you can't do it." And if I remember correct, the story was basically. If you guys have this festival, there could be trouble. Yeah. Was essentially <laughs> yeah. what they had said, right? I think so. I think so. Now it's been a little while. That's going back 2016, uh, 2017. I guess yeah. would have been the year. I think it was there in 16. Interesting. So that was cool. I really enjoyed that, and it was a shame for them because there's a great beer bar that was organizing it, and they did a fantastic job of bringing beer from all over the world. They, I think, they even had Pliny the Elder bottles on there in, in Malaysia, Malaysia on okay. opened like on their their uh trophy case of open beers but yeah they had okay. all kinds of fun stuff and i'm like Interesting. man this is a great place i wish this had been here when years ago when i was working here but uh, so maybe yeah. when we fight for self distro or higher abbs or sunday yeah. sales or all that 
Now it still stinks, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, could be worse. That's what you got to keep telling yourself, right? Yeah, correct, correct. You know what you mentioned before, and I didn't get to ask it. Uh, the things that you're growing on site, you're growing hops on yeah, site. Growing hops. What kind of hops? Uh, typical Cascade, Centennial, Cascade, um, Crystal, Comet, uh, Columbia, or Columbus. Wow, um, you more than a few. Like all for aging, or are you using yeah. this in your beer? How much do you have? How big is is your hop garden? So I've got sixty plants. Okay. Yeah, all and right. they it's crazy. They branch off and go off and do their. So it started with sixty vines, and they they've become more. Um, yeah, I got a trellis built. It's really pretty. It's nice. How uh, are they doing over there? They do good. They don't okay. do great. They do yeah. great. They do good though. Um, so certain varieties do better. Um, Crystal does great, and Cascade does really good. Centennial struggles. That's <laughs> that's the one we tried to grow. Yeah, right? I tried to grow hops, and I didn't know at the time that Centennial do so it poorly in Georgia. Yeah. And of course, that's that's the one I chose. That was during the, the era where Centennial Centennial was the hot hop. It, yeah. Like all day IPA was Centennial, yeah, and yeah. a bunch of other things were out there we centennial like everybody wanted that and it grows horribly yeah the growing season's super short um so i'm harvesting these things like in june or you know even earlier may i don't know it's 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 early they start to brown out and and the heat gets them but uh they grow real fast uh, they grow up about 20 25 feet and then i pick them um we harvest them and then we dry them we just age them so it's all it's all for aging yeah. all for like the i've the tried to stuff. make a fresh hot beer but uh, it really <laughs> yeah. didn't. Just not the quality <laughs> work out to, to get that. Are All you right. growing yeah. other things? Because I think you mentioned something else that you're growing on site. You get like fruit trees. Yeah, we're or doing some fruit trees stuff. for the uh, the spontaneous program with a bunch of fruit back in the back. And, and again, the muscadine vines are everywhere oh, the, out there. The vines. Um, yeah. It's a full compound. That you, you yeah, yeah it's there, 15 man. acres. You don't even know you're in an industrial yeah. park, really, when you're out there. So uh, it's it's nice um, it's to have a lot of land and be able to do something with it. And yeah, it's good. Beer and printing and hops and fruit trees and race cars and so any grains? Are you any? no 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 no, okay. no no malting of grains? No malting of grains yet. That's next year. Yeah. Yeah. I used to add, add, add another uh, a wing to the compound exactly. for the malting exactly. portion of it. Yep. Yeah. Now on that note, talking about grains, do you guys try and I know that we've got like Riverbend, yeah. you know, yeah. up in Asheville. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you use local or regional grain, Josh? That's probably a question for you. Yeah. What kind of uh, yes, we do. Um, we've used grains from uh, Carolina malt, Riverbend, uh, Georgia malt, Georgia malt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've we like to use local. Um, and for the mixed culture products, um, again to build a little bit of that terroir, we we use mostly uh, local grains. Terroir, yeah. Years ago, we're beer guys. Right now, is coming up on our seventh anniversary next year. And when we first started, I, I used to ask brewers about terroir, and it really, in the brewing world, people didn't seem to care about that as much then. I'm hearing more of it now, like you'll see Michigan-grown hops, you know, or something like that. Hey, this hop in Michigan and this hop in Portland, in, in Oregon, Washington, is different. Um, how important is it to brewing? Uh, it's important. Um, but it depends also, on the style, right? It depends on the style. It depends on, it depends on a handful of facets, but. Um, if, if you can work it into the program and you can test, trust your vendors, um, and your growers, uh, I think you should try it. Yeah. And for the farmhouse program yeah. that we're really trying to build out there, that's where local is, is huge. And if we can use local hops and what we're growing on our property, that's what we want to do. Good stuff. Yeah. Drink local. You're listening to the beer guys radio show. We're going to take us a break, but we will be right back with more from printer's ale. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? 
Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's Tap Room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to printers ale manufacturing company greg brian teased something a little earlier in the show and i think we'll bring it up now that uh you had a little something something go viral uh-oh. One time. And uh, do you have an opinion on who the most talented Wahlberg is? <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. It's Donnie. It's Donnie. 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 Yes. Donnie. <laughs> He's the most talented Wahlberg. For and sure. It sounds like something you would almost brew a beer in homage to, yes. correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I did that. Good and, stuff. Yes, it was. Good that stuff. was a lot of fun. I couldn't believe that he we, we didn't get sued. Yes, um, one, then, right? And he actually, uh, yeah, he was a fan. He drank the beer and, and enjoyed it. That's Posted awesome, it on man. social media. Yeah, yeah, a video of him on Instagram doing it. This is one that I've got to hear. What prompted this? What was the inspiration? Well, it's a New England IPA, right? Okay. So um, I I take pride in, in naming things. So I, I don't know. I used to uh, just love naming my wife's paintings. She's an artist, and I'd name her paintings. I think a, a, I think a name tells the story. Um, it's part of the presentation that, the taste, you're looking at something, artwork, you see the name, and it describes what it is. So anyway, New England IPA, um, I wanted to name the beers after famous New Englanders, but I wanted to have a twist. And so we did a Ben Affleck has a big, fat, stupid mouth. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> you well, did did you he that try one? that one? Did Affleck get <laughs> no, try did that not, one? I don't think so, he heard yeah. about that one. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Matt Damon cries when he's sad. Yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Brady's a system quarterback. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. And that was in homage to him just beating the Falcons. And yeah. He's obviously yeah. not a system quarterback, but yeah, Donnie um, actually did. His assistant reached out to us on Instagram and, and said, uh, hey, um, do you mind if you send a couple of beers Donnie's way and he'll like, try? And if he absolutely. likes it, he'll put something. I said, wow. And number one, I thought it was a, uh, hey, you can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we do it in such a small batch that, right. you know, nobody cares. And it's, it's, I think it's, in loving honor of those guys they're you know <laughs> except I like for that. affleck yeah I, <laughs> I, I saw that and i was looking through the beer list on tap like i usually do just get looking for things to talk about and i saw that you would discontinue the one and you've got i think it's uh what is it he's, he's a fatter stupider a fatter bigger, mouth it was an imperial ipa so, it was imperial yeah, so he's a bigger fatter stupider mouth <laughs> Good um, stuff. yeah Good stuff. so um the, in batman I just couldn't believe how big his mouth was in that movie when the mask and, yeah. and he'd talk like, and his mouth was so big. Like Christian Bale's mouth wasn't that big. <laughs> I'd never <laughs> noticed great. that. I'm going to have yeah, to go I watch know, this go again. Look, man. Some hot Batman talk. Comparing the four, Batman. He's four stouts in watching Batman. He's like, that guy got a big mouth. His mouth is far too large for Batman. <laughs> right. you know, no one needs a mouth that big. I didn't see anything else. You know, the, the, the whole cartoon thing that I, I, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I saw enough of it. Like it was a line. His mouth was a line and big chin or something like that. Yes. And I guess, yeah, Affleck is, 
Fuller lips, maybe. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, never yeah. really Big thought fat, about it. <laughs> so you didn't get, he didn't reach out to you. He did not reach out. No. Cause I'm thinking All he right. might have taken that uh, some kind of way. So yeah, maybe. May, yeah, maybe. Uh, he's got bigger problems, I think. If you ever yeah, see Affleck that's... and uh, Matt Damon rolling up, I, I would hide, actually. <laughs> right, right. He's probably heard about it. He's like, dude. He's like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why? You I'm too. Really where? Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> you too. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. They probably. Man, I'm looking, I got to keep a better eye out for the next series. <laughs> yeah. Will there be more of these? Uh, they'll be back. So Ben Affleck's probably coming back the next one. Um, people have been asking for it, and uh, yeah, it was a good beer. Um, so it's probably coming back in February, I think. Does the uh, I, I I don't recall the 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 can arts or the bottle art? Does it have him in the yes, Batman outfit? Yeah, okay, okay, it's, that's it all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. glorious, <laughs> man. I love that so much, so much. Josh, what's uh, specialty brewer? Mm-hmm. We've got uh, these delicious uh, wild ales here. Um, what's what's coming up, man? What you brewing? Well, we've got vintage three now going. I'm uh, going to be brewed uh, once the temperature hits appropriate levels. Uh, most likely December, January, we'll get the cool ship running back up again and do some. Or it looks like this year we're going to do a lot more of the frambois um, and some more of the Grand Cru, which is just an unblended straight lambic. Um, as opposed to kind of some of the others. Um, but yeah, we'll have those. And we also have, you know, a couple other projects that we, we've kind of liked to to work on. We did Flanders Red last year. Um, that one probably won't come out until um, mid-year, I would say. Um, and then I'd really like to get an Oud Brun going. You know, again, mm-hmm. more of these like traditional styles. Um, and then continue to work on this woodcut series, uh, the, the, the Lambic-inspired Method Traditionals. Um, we'll just do some vintages on those. And we've also got some, uh, some straight Brett's. I was going to say, we, we had that well. single strain, okay. Blackberry. Ooh, Brett, yeah. We did. Yeah. It was, I miss Brett beers. I, I bring yeah. it up every Delicious. time somebody mentions it. Yeah. So uh, you've got, you've got a lot of stuff going into barrels. Do you have stuff be, beyond these sours and wild ales? You, I mean, you've got yeah. at least artifact that I'm aware, I'm aware of. Are you doing some other yeah, interesting so, stouts and uh, barley wines and things yeah, like we've that? Got barley wine, the blanket smasher barrel aged barley wines coming out here in a couple of weeks. The artifact is coming out in a couple of weeks. It's got two variants, it's got a pastry version and then uh, just an imperial that'll be out in a week or so. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it for the barrel age for this year for the, the big high gravity beers. Um, but farmhouse styles are really, that's what I love. Those, this type of beer we're drinking here. It's just awesome. I just love these beers. And so anything we can do to push that program along and kind of explore is super fun. Now, the one that I saw mentioned uh, online, and we didn't have it here, there's a Grand Crew. What's the Grand Crew? That's our baby. <laughs> so that's that's the base for all of these. Okay. Um, and so that's a, a straight, unblended, unfruited um, uh, method traditional American wild. Um, so, again, that's the, the, the presentation is much more Basque cider-esque. Um, wild uh natural wine uh kind of kind of presentation um you get these really delicate esters everything is just very very delicate um and so i really love that beer greg really loves that beer um it's just more of like this is what you were drinking this is beer 200 years ago yeah my wife doesn't even like beer and she liked that beer yeah so so we'll do more of that this next one you know it's it's one that we i was like well this is what i want to drink but I don't know if anyone else will. So we didn't keep that much. We did. Yep. We only did a couple barrels and sold out. Um, and so we will do more on this next vintage, this next season. Uh, we're going to be do more Grand Cru, but it is just the unblended, um, straight, no fruit, just 
American Wild. Will you be doing some version of it if it's popular enough? Will you be doing some version of it that's like Method Traditional Three, where you blend several years together, kind yes. of goose style? Absolutely. So that the next big phase for us is blending. So vintage one is what we're drinking right now. Everything was brewed and barreled at the same time, starting to come out at about the same time. Um, so we're not really able to blend that much. We don't have vintages to blend. Um, now we have two vintages and we're putting three into tanks. So now comes the fun part. Now we have blending potential um, and we can make an actual goose, um, which is old, young, lambic, blended together. You don't see many of those produced in the States. Um it's a it's a pain in the butt to do, but um, it's the final product is just really really beautiful. So we'll start blending. Um, actually, we'll probably start blending in the next handful of months, um, and that's where it gets again. It gets really fun, um, um, and the products become really um, unique. They they earn it's their esoteric, vintages, yeah. um, and it's one of those ones where we get to kind of you know the buck stops here. We kind of get to determine uh, what that blend is and, and put our fingerprint really you know on the beer itself. That'll be cool. That's yeah, yeah. you know you mentioned not many people doing them. So shout out to Jason Pellet at Orpheus. He does, he does yeah. have an MT3. Yeah. You know that he started his program. How old is he now? Eight, nine, thirty? Yeah, February. something like that. It's I want to say that he Nate did. says eight. So you know, but he started his program pretty yeah, much when sure. he opened the doors there. Sure. Oh so yeah, he got yeah. Out, but he got started really early on. Yeah, I love those guys. I don't know if it's me not being as much in the hype of this, but I think I think a couple of years ago these were cool with the younger trendier crowd more but you mentioned your grand crew you said you did sell out of that oh, yeah. right yeah, sold yeah, through it sure. so because yep. we were just kind of chattering like you don't hear as much about yep. these as you used to these. you know california it's it's big like yeah california wild ales out there and i was in, there a month ago yeah you know yeah. that guy so used two to months, so. he used to buy his beer uh, he, he didn't have a brew house he would just buy beer from people and bring it into barrels and and blend it i and, didn't okay yeah and now okay. he finally got a brew house and yeah i was there I don't know, a couple of years ago, five years, three or four yeah. years ago. And he was just a super small operation. And, and in California, it's big in Georgia, eh, you know, maybe not, but it's, I love these beers to drink. Um, they just, they, they go in, they, they, they're done. They're dry. They're, they're out. I, I just love drinking it. And I hope other people do too. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So I think that's pitching it to, like you said, that your wife was really into the Grand Crew and she's yep. not even a beer fan. Yep. I think the mistake a lot of people are doing is not pitching it more to big wine fan, yep. wine lovers. It's mentioned, but I don't think it's pushed as Let much know, as it could Those be. flavors, right? Yeah, There absolutely. is a beer out there for everyone. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Greg, if people want to know what is coming up at Printer's Ale, what's going to be the best way for them to follow along? Probably uh, Facebook and Instagram. I mean, obviously. Gotcha. Yep. Standard fair, right? Standard Facebook fair. and Instagram. Yep. Check yep. us on the socials and watch for t uh, Greg's NC 17 TikToks that he puts out. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Those, state of the art. Yes. Thanks again, guys. I really Thank appreciate you. you joining awesome. us. Thank you. Well, y'all that about wraps it up for this episode of the beer guys radio show. Make, make sure to come back and join us next week for more crapper info. Follow us online. We are beer guys radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.